Hey, Shawty, let me holler at you. Ah, Listener Request Month. This is first week. We're still in the first week of Listener Request Month. Listener who requested this, thank you. Ben. Ben, I love Joey Janela. I know him personally, and we were talking about this, and he brought this up. Yeah. And I was like, is that a request? <laughs> and I knew about this, too. Like, I've I've seen it. I've, seen, I've watched, like, half of it, and then... But it's that thing where it's like, oh, should I watch this documentary or should I wait to talk about it with someone? Mm, mm. Well, I did not know about this documentary, but I did know about Joey Janela. And I've been a fan not that long, I guess, but I haven't been a wrestling fan that long. But I've loved him since the first moment I saw him. Yeah, yeah. He's fun. He's a wrestler. Joe, it's the, what's this called? Please don't die, Joey Janela. And it's directed by a guy named... Uh, Kenny Ken- Johnson. Kenny Johnson. It's got a very distinct style to it. What I described as vaporwave. I don't get that term. Vaporwave, I would say a, maybe around 10 years ago or more. Uh, this weird... It's kind of like a... How am I going to describe vaporwave? It's like this tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, subgenre of electronic music where... Basically, the visual styles of, like, 80s shit and 90s mm-hmm. shit, and then, like, distorted, musically distorted. So, you might hear synthesizers. Like, a vaporwave artist might, uh, and it was more popular then, I think. It's, like, anti-commercial radio, but it also utilizes old commercial shit and distorts it. Think of, like, an 80s Pepsi commercial, and it's twisted and tweaked in a way that just sounds like... Like, there might be a groove or a beat to it. Sure. But it's just like, what the fuck is going on? But you can consciously tell that it's something of another time, almost like a parody. Yeah, and so how that translated into what this looked like is that it looked like VHS tapes. Yes. And sometimes very bad VHS tapes. And there were sort of chapter intros that were in that very slanty hot pink font. Yeah. That you would have seen all over the 80s. Absolutely. I got that. That visual goes, kind of went a lot with that kind of electronic subgenre style. Oh, yeah. I mean, and Janela's style to this day is very like 80s, early 90s, geometric pattern pants and big, huge sunglasses. Yeah. It makes sense. And this kind of, but this kind of stuff, this style is kind of popular today. Like... 80s, I feel like everything is popular today. Eight, 80s and 90s <laughs> retro visuals are very popular. Yeah. Even amongst those who are grown now that weren't even alive then, which is kind of hard to imagine. That is true. It must be like uh, people 20 years older than us hearing us talk about, I don't know, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters or some shit like that. Sid and Marty Croft. I don't know. When was this made? Do you know? I think this is a few years ago. It's got to be... Uh, the time frame is 2016, so we see him wrestling right. at the latest in September of 2016. So I figure this probably came out at the end of 2016 or 
mid early to mid twenty seven. There's a clip at the end where they're like, he went on to do this other match, and then they show parts of that match. So yeah. obviously that was like a tack on bit. So maybe it wasn't even twenty seventeen. But he's twenty seven years old at this time. Who who the fuck is Joey Janela? Joey Janela's a bad boy. Ah, they don't want to talk to the bad boy. From Jersey. He's the fucking bad boy. All the girls on the beach are looking at me like, ooh, who's that bad boy? Legit bad boy. Legit, like, get kicked out of school every single week, getting drunk in the woods. Fighting everyone from women to cops to security guards. Yeah, his... He, he was a giant dick, he confesses. Yeah, he said he was never into drugs, but that if he hadn't found wrestling, he inevitably would have ended up in a detention center. He, he was really lucky. He does drink a lot. He does. We should include alcohol in the drug group. I agree with that. But I guess as far as being in jail for... He was saying drugs is not what would have put him in jail. He would have gotten put in jail for doing something fucking stupid. Because you're not going to get put in jail for drinking unless you then do something fucking stupid. Yeah, when he was like 15 or 16, he conned his way into being able to wrestle in this match. Well, he said he he lied and yes, he did. But it almost... It, it didn't really matter. It, it, it's framed almost like no one really gave that much of a fuck. If you're a grown man running a wrestling show and you're going to let a kid wrestle, you're already doing things wrong yeah. and not following the rules. So he was always going to get to wrestle, but he didn't know what he was doing. But he immediately was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. He jokingly says, like, you know, I was pretty much a prick up until fairly recently. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense because he's just past his mid-20s now. I feel like I was the kind of the same way. Like, I'm starting to calm down and focus on uh, regrets. <laughs> like, so realize some regrets. Right. So he's like 30, 31 now. Him saying that he'd fairly recently sort of gotten his act together a little bit. I feel like... What other people would consider getting your act together is not exactly what Joey Janela has maybe done until truly recently. His version of like having it together is like someone else's version of being a bad boy anyway. Like he's a real, he was real off the chains. He's got a gimmick. Yeah. And that gimmick may have been more real at some point than now, but he's still, but he's made his career being the bad boy. He said he had a really hard time for a very long time finding what his niche was going to be. And then he was tag teaming with this guy and that guy started calling him the bad boy. He, we see his room for a minute and it's decked out in wrestling shit. He was obsessed with the ultimate warrior. And then he said he loved WCW and the cruiserweight era. When I was a kid, I was very loyal to WWE. Sure. And I didn't really watch that much WCW, but I knew who those guys were and stuff. He also talks about Steve Austin. Give me a hell yeah! Yeah, the Attitude As Era. As being the great of the great. That's pretty much where we're at in terms of influence. So many wrestlers today are highly influenced by the Attitude Era of wrestling. And I think like after that, you'll probably get a lot of people influenced by Japanese wrestling as it's become more and more popular and more accessible over the years. Sure. Well, let's get it. Combat Zone Wrestling. Combat Zone Wrestling. So... CZW, there's this guy who, when Combat Zone Wrestling started, was like the guy, and his name was Mondo Zandig. He was like the leader of... Wait, Mondo and Zandig, are are those the same people? Yeah. Okay. His name was Mondo Zandig. He was quite larger when we saw him later. He was a lot bigger later, but he also (laughs) hadn't been wrestling for like six years at that point. So like, they're showing these videos, and it was... 
combat zone wrestling is a step above what's called deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Kind of, except like combat zone, it's almost like you're trying to die. Yeah. You're throwing people off the top of buildings. Like, right. Like deathmatch is definitely, I'm going to hit you with a light bulb. I'm going to hit you with a bat. There's going to be some barbed wire. It gets bloody, but it's very surface wound. How do you feel about the hardcore genre itself? Is it something you want to see more of? You know, because I feel like I don't mind it. Yeah. But I feel like I don't really need it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I and it, it almost can be impressive if executed well, because a lot of people shit on the hardcore style. But the thing about it that seems like tricky to me is that it's incorporating like a lot of things. And the more things you incorporate, the more that things can go wrong or things can look fucking stupid or anything yeah. like that. If you'd asked me after those first few matches, I probably would have said I didn't like it. But I actually do now. And part of the reason I do is after listening to some of these wrestlers in interviews talking about why they like it, they're definitely getting like an adrenaline rush. Some of these dudes, talk, and Joey Janela talks about it in this, like it's like some people might base jump. Yeah. He wants to get thrown off a building. Yeah. Like he wants to jump on someone from the top of a ladder. Like there's something that they get. I don't remember who it was. It was a, diff- it was a different wrestler, but was doing an interview once. And he talked about how if he didn't have this kind of outlet, he'd probably be a criminal. Yeah. I think there's certain people who it's like a thing that they almost need. And I really do believe there is like an art to it. I worry for bodies of people that I adore, I don't want someone to truly get hurt. And there is obviously much more of a risk of them getting hurt, but that is almost what makes it more exciting. I have heard but have not really seen. I've seen a couple moves, but not like actually seen like a female death match. Mm. I have heard that it's going to be it's Japanese really hard. It. <laughs> it's indie. Indie women do it. Yeah. Indie women do it all the time. You don't see that on the big shows and on television because... It's upsetting enough watching these giant dudes bleeding and fucking each other up. But then you think about like, I mean, these are strong women, but like these women fucking each other up really upsets people. Kind of like intergender wrestling upsets people. Mm. I don't know how I'd feel about that, but I would I would watch it. Now, Zandig, now, uh, Joey Janelle is making his way through Combat Zone Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And rumor is that Zandig might be coming out of retirement. Yeah, they're going to do a tournament of survival. So apparently it all kind of started with a, another kind of tournament. And so for to make his return, he hadn't been doing it for like six years. He was going to do this tournament of survival. So they're in the ring throwing each other through fluorescent lights and shit. And then they take the spot outside. Now, this is where it kind of gets tricky. Like in terms of me and wanting to, in a performance here, like that process to get out of the ring and go outside. What does that look like? I mean, wrestling, Mm -hmm. it's okay if wrestling looks a little bit silly, but this is what I'm talking about. You're having to make this transition. It's a production. Yeah. And you, and you know, you may not get every moment right, but you want to make that somehow at least appear to be somewhat believable Mm -hmm. the best you can. You're like fight your way outside. It, It seems, it seems awkward. At least the transition to get from the ring to the top of a building, which is where they go. Yeah. And, but if a hardcore match or a death match can like pull that off seamlessly, it really is impressive as hell. So they go to the top of this building. Yes. And there's a pickup backed up to the edge of where they're standing. Yeah. And this pickup has like 
fluorescent bulbs and like barbed wire in the bed like all kinds of shit like a wood paneling that is on fire that oh yeah it's, i forgot to mention it's on fire it's on fire and the way this truck is set up is it has these like metal poles coming out of the top of it where this stuff is like layered so you've got like fire on the bottom with like wood you've got this barbed wire net above that you've got just a com- total truck bed long row of fluorescent light bulbs it looks scary as shit so Zandig picks Joey up. They say how he steps on a gutter and it almost crumbles. So Joey tucks him up as he's holding him and Zandig jumps. His feet first go straight down to this truck bed while Joey's... It's a crazy spot. It's a crazy bump. They shatter like there's a flash pop because he pops through all these... All the fluorescent gas hitting in the, the fire. fire. All the light tubes flew up in the air and then they came crashing down on us. Then there was glass in my face, there was glass in my mouth. Um, the poison from the light bulbs was in the air, so you couldn't see anything. It was just a cloudy, it was like being in a, like an explosion, like a bomb went off. I, was, I kept on saying that, am I alive, am I alive? The fire went out like almost immediately, yeah. which is good. And this becomes legendary because Zandig ends up breaking his back in three spots in this move. And Joey almost slices off his finger, his thumb, yeah. which had to have surgery. You look in replays and you can see like moments where it was like, if this is a little different from here, I'd be dead. Well, he actually says that. He says that if for some reason Zandig hadn't gone in feet first, if he if they'd gone in any other position, Joey would probably be dead. Zandig had done this kind of thing so much. I think he knew that. He didn't say it expressly, but I feel like in that moment, you know, it's his thing. And he was protecting. Yeah. That's what made me so scared about this one. And this is what I don't like is when he almost fell off the roof, you shouldn't keep going. I know you like kind of have to because you've got got this crowd, but it's something's already gone wrong. Like, but to me also, that wasn't tested enough. There should have been something covering that gutter. I don't know. Put a board on the roof. I'm just saying, if you're, but if you're going to plan it out, it's like if you're going to hit someone with a chair, you fix up the chair so it doesn't like break them sure. do you know what i mean like you you take considerations and in this case it really is like gorilla wrestling which is what's even scarier like this was the not, ultimate scary i don't want to see pro wrestling gorilla out of southern california this is no. combat zone <laughs> right i don't want to see combat zone wrestling <laughs> that's what i that's that's a level too far for me okay well that's kind of what i'm asking yeah i i like death matches well, um, death matches, uh, combat zone wrestling is just the American version of the death match that was created. But by I thought the Japanese. he said that this was a step above that, like danger wise. Japanese death matches I've seen on TV. I mean, it does stay a lot in the ring, but there's like this like barbed electrified barbed wire and shit. Like no, for sure. But I guess like I guess what I'm saying is that feels a little more controlled as opposed to going like out into the world into the environment where there's like unknown danger stuff like i realized that bad things can happen all the time i guess so but then you got the ddt thing which people wrestle in like subway trains and that's shit. true i you know i guess you just combine but that's more fun i guess i'm just saying the <laughs> japanese have literally like done all of it no shade on combat zone wrestling it looks it looks out there man it looks like i couldn't handle it that's what i'm saying joey's mom not down with as you can imagine because her son does and even wrestling in and of itself is dangerous enough. Yeah. We we should mention that 
all this whole time that he was such a bad kid during his teen years, his dad died when he was 12. That's right. Like and a construction he accident. talks about how he re- he was already kind of a bad kid before his dad passed, but it was a sudden thing. And he really feels like because it happened when he was like 12, he didn't have a father to kind of fucking straighten him out. You know, that he did the extent of things he did because of that. Like that's, he ties it in. And so his, this mom, God bless her single mother with three children and a kid who's being brought home by the police every single week. Like the fact that they have a good relationship now is kind of amazing, but they seem to, but she does not want him to wrestle. No, no. So eventually Joey does return a way further ahead of schedule than the doctors want him to. Oh yeah, after his thumb surgery. And we see him do this spot, his first match back, where he's climbing up to the rail, a ceiling railing. The rafters. And, and, he's, and keep in mind, his, his thumb has very limited movement. He's scaling the rafters, and he does an elbow drop from the ceiling onto a guy onto the table. It's, it looks like shit that could kill you. And they're... And there's a reason Zandig suddenly had to be out of the game for like six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also see Joey uh, wrestle a guy named Sabu. This guy's been around a while. Sabu was, he's a veteran. Uh, we see him hobbling on one leg. You felt very bad for him. I felt very bad for him. This was difficult for me to watch because also, this is what I was talking about earlier. Like, the reason he is the shape he's in, the shape he's in is because of wrestling the way Joey wrestles, the yeah, way Zandig wrestles. Classic like, hardcore style. He was one of his heroes. Like He's someone that directly influenced what Joey was doing. And then to watch this man who has been so influential, has, been, has done such great stuff, literally cannot walk straight. Like he's hobbling. He's obviously in incredible amounts of pain. And even Joey says like it was really not the best fight. Sabu, he uh, got big in ECW, mm. which was Paul Heyman's promotion in okay. the 90s. And he wrestled Chris Benoit. Right. You've heard that name, Chris Benoit. I know who Chris Benoit is. And it wasn't anybody's fault. If it, I think Sabu was known to be an alcoholic and maybe just fucked up his own spot. But Chris Benoit accidentally broke Sabu's neck Oof. in a match. And I haven't really followed Sabu closely. But the idea that Joey's like, oh, I'm wrestling Sabu, this guy I've loved since I was a kid. I was like, holy, I, my thought was like, holy shit, Sabu is still wrestling? Fucking broke his neck in the ring. And Chris Benoit didn't break his neck on purpose, but he did kill his wife and child and himself on purpose many years later. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that happened. I think he had, I think he was mentally impaired extremely but yes he did severe cte damage because his signature move was a headbutt a flying headbutt which also uh daniel bryan or brian danielson as it were his move is a flying headbutt but i think he had to pull back a little bit more than benoit did because i think he was showing signs of cte and that was Mm -hmm. why he retired at first until he got a doctor's clearance to come back later. There is a part where Joey talks about how he wants to not always do death matches. I think he realizes, and we see that now, he doesn't always do death matches. He said he wants to be in the WWE. Yeah. Which, you know, it's hard to tell. Like, there's just not that much creative control in the WWE unless you manage to pop and become a particularly big baby face that sells lots of t-shirts. Yeah. And I actually think Joey has the personality. Yes. To actually make it work in the WWE. 
But he might like be doing some stupid fucking shit before he works his way into that. But we mentioned it before. He is on televised wrestling mm-hmm. uh, as AEW. And he has done some hardcore style matches on AEW. We'll link some. And they've been very good. Very good. But he's also, AEW is also showing Joey to be a, a really good straightforward wrestler as well. And he's funny. Yeah. He's funny as, he's so funny. And and he gets to be funny when he's not bleeding. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can do both. I mean, he does like a crazy man thing when he's in those like death matches. But when he's just like fighting people, he's very charming. Yeah. I actually really, really love him. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a lot of fun to yeah. watch. And his his charisma shines very, very well. And because AEW doesn't run endless house shows like WWE did, does or did, they don't profit. So the WWE is actually pulling back on house shows quite a bit. Because AEW doesn't make their wrestlers do constant house shows, uh, Joey and many of other their other stars can go off into PWG or MLW and do spots and still do... Um, their own side projects that they, that yeah. they can control. They can be indie wrestlers and big show professional wrestlers in AEW. Which makes so much sense for a wrestler like Joey Janela. And when he was saying he wanted to be in WWE, I mean, AEW was not even a thought. I mean, it might have been a thought, but it, no one knew what it was. It's fun seeing the people that you watch now like pop up in these old wrestling documentaries. Mm-hmm. This is only a few years old. We see Penelope Ford... Uh, Joey's ex-girlfriend who wrestles for AEW right now. They're not yeah. together, but there's some kind of storyline building up with some uh, jealous triangle or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to see exactly what AEW is doing with Joey right now because there's a lot going on. Yeah. But as far as that building spot, we saw Cody Rhodes do a moonsault off a cage that was probably about as tall as that building to that truck bed. Yeah, 35 to 40 feet for oh, sure. And we saw Leo Rush, who's wrestling as a cruiserweight for NXT right now. Yes. So I forgot his name as we were watching it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun stuff uh, going on there. But um, yeah, AEW, we like it. It's fun. Check it out. It's the best. Angela, we don't rate short documentaries in a um, stars or full grown herd songs. This ran about 40 minutes. Usually mm-hmm. I'm a 20 to 25 minute guy. Mm-hmm. That's not the Academy standard of a short documentary, but for list- in honor of listener request month, we're going to let it slide. You're going to give this one through three baby herd songs. I'm going to give this one through three baby herd songs. Combine them for best out of six baby herd songs. Yes. If it was just based on my love of Joey Janela, I would give it a three. Sure. But this whole style bothered me quite a bit. The interviews were good. That was great. Honestly, some of it bugged me because I wanted it just to be more clear when they were doing sort of compilations of things. They put in so much. Yeah, it was overdone. That I felt like I don't even want to watch this right now because I can't see it. It was like I had my fingers in front of my face. Like, it was not fun. But I do really love the subject matter and I really love the story of it. Um, But it was real. The style was not good. I'm just going to give it a 1.5. Okay. You're going to go half. Yeah. I'm going to go right down the middle. I kind of, I don't, I didn't mind the style, but it was too much. Yeah. I felt the same thing when we were watching like montages. Like, did every frame need to be have a, a VHS glitch to it? I kind of get why that style correlates with Joey Janela. Uh, that, that does kind of lock into him. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I kind of, 
it makes me think, you know, Joe, Joey Janela, the vaporwave vagabond. Like, I get it. It kind of works for him. But the tape glitch shit was way overdone. <laughs> yeah. It really was. Should have pulled back a little bit. It would have been perfect if, yeah. we, if that particular thing showed a little bit more restraint. But the history of Joey Janela, especially because this is all before he signed to AEW, he's starting to kind of really blow up at mm-hmm. this time in the independent scene. We know where his career is going to be. And at this time, he we know where he's going, but it's interesting to watch him not know what the next step for him is going to be. But by the end of it, he's like, I kind of want to do maybe some more regular wrestling. We see that evolution taking place. Mm-hmm. And now we see him on a near weekly basis on uh, AEW Dynamite. And um, so I'm going to give it a two out of three. Okay. So you take your 1.5, combine it with my two. That is 3.5 out of six. Baby Hurt Socks for Please Don't Die, Joey Janela by Kenny Johnson. And Kenny actually has a lot of some, he, he apparently has a series of indie wrestler documentaries. There was a Sammy Callahan one that just started playing after this one, but maybe we'll check those out at a later time. Yeah, and it wouldn't be appropriate for this show, but if you are interested in this kind of stuff, Vice has a really good... The Wrestlers. The Wrestlers, and it goes into a lot of these like, Guys who are blowing up now, but years ago. That's actually, that series is actually a really great series to kind of grasp the cultural context that's Mm -hmm. happening in modern wrestling right now. Yeah. And it really is a great series. And it's hosted by uh, Damian Abraham, who's the front man for Fucked Up, the Toronto hardcore band. Hi, suggest. Yeah, check it out. Uh, It'll it'll actually kind of help, might help. uh, It's a good way to maybe define wrestling for those who want to know more about it but just don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. or people who don't just dismiss it outright yeah that's that please don't die joey janela 3.5 all right now see you next week keep on docking Spit on teachers, throw books out the window, flip desks, get into fights. I would start riots. My mouth ran. I would no regards for anyone's feelings. Causing problems with security guards. I was going in the arcade. I would piss in the arcade. I would try to fight girls. I would go get drunk in the woods, drink a, a Colt 45, and then come out and try to fight security guards. I was such a, a mother's worst enemy. You know, kids you see on these TV shows. Give me a hell yeah! Hell yeah!